Well, here we are. It's, uh, we're, we're back to ordinary time. It's the first week of ordinary time. And um, we are, uh, the, the readings, Just we're just going to go through the Gospel of Mark together, and that's about it. There's no real uh, specific theme to the readings, and they're, they're put together just to the end that we would be exposed to the Scriptures, and uh, that's about it. So, but the scriptures themselves are very deep, so there's always a lot to think about and talk about with whatever we hear. I think I'm going to focus on our first reading and just kind of give a little point about prayer. <clears throat> and that is, you, you see this kind of a, fu- it's a humorous scene, you know, uh, this is about 1000 BC, okay, it's the setting is about 1000 BC, so it's 3000 years ago and it, time, things haven't changed that much, you know, there's... There's drunkards today, there were drunkards in 3000 B.C., and uh, sometimes they frequented uh, church, you know. And so the priest Eli is, is used to obviously seeing some of these types of characters show up, and he, and he rebukes, he thinks Hannah's one of them, and so he rebukes her. But, what, but why does he think that she's kind of acting drunk, though? It's interesting. It is, well, she looks distressed, okay, uh, and the distress is over lack of children. Okay, infertility is, uh, it, it was 3,000 years ago and it still is to this day sometimes a cause of great stress for women. And um, so that's one thing he's kind of looking at. She's in this really uh, intense emotional state. But the other thing that he's looking at is the fact that she's praying silently to herself. Now this is something that's a little bit different and a little bit of a change from then to now. In the Old Testament, the focus was more on prayer that was spoken out loud, verbal prayer. And silent prayer, what we call today mental prayer, was not really very widely practiced or, or you know, known. That wasn't the that wasn't the typical way that someone would pray. Okay, so today we come into church and we do that, and that's what you're expected to do when you pray. But at that time, it, that would have been strange behavior. Okay, or it would have been uncommon behavior. And so there's a there's a right thing in it. There's a this the fact that we now focus a lot on silent prayer and prayer in our mind, prayer in our heart. That is due to the overall movement from Old Testament to New Testament, from the exterior to the interior. Okay, and so that's totally right, and we should know and learn and practice how to pray internally. But at the same time, there is something interesting about the older Old Testament practice of always verbalizing your prayers. Okay, and in fact. The if you go through the Psalms and you study the word meditation, the word that's translated meditation, you look in a different context and you try to get uh, you understand what it's what it's talking about. It's actually has to do with speaking the scriptures out loud with your lips. So meditation in the Old Testament understanding has to do with reciting scripture to yourself out loud. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in my God. I have swallowed up my so that you can hear it with your ear. That's what's considered meditation in the Old Testament. And uh, when I was an English teacher, I, a little tip I gave to my students, I'm trying to get them to read. And I'm saying, okay, you got to read this, you got to read that. And, you know, I mean, uh, there's some kids that would make it through high school and they had never read a book. <laughs> they never read a book from cover to cover. But I was, like, bound and determined to change that. So, uh, you know, I did. I got my kids to read. But one of the things I would say to them is, look, the problem that you have is that you're always reading silently to yourself, okay? And you don't, you start to read silently and your mind wanders and you just, it kind of goes, you just don't get it. 
So you got to read out loud. And uh, so the one day I gave that tip to my students, a number of them came back and said, oh my gosh, totally different. I understand everything I'm reading now, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm getting it, and I'm going to continue to read. You know, there's this, there's this very interesting passage in the New Testament when Philip, is one of the deacons uh, really early on in the, in the nascent church, this, this deacon Philip, he's uh, sent out by the Holy Spirit to go and to evangelize, and he comes across this Ethiopian um, uh, eunuch who's in his chariot reading the prophet Isaiah. And he, the, the, the eunuch is there reading Isaiah to himself. No one else is around, but he's reading out loud because Philip can hear him and he knows what passage he's reading. Okay, cause everybody in the ancient world read out loud. They didn't really read silently. In fact, the silent reading was so rare, there's a passage in Augustine's Confessions whereby he goes to, uh, to, to call upon St. Ambrose, who's a bishop, and St. Ambrose is in his study. St. Ambrose is reading silently. It's really notable. Like, this guy's really, you know, out of the ordinary because he's reading silently. And he did that intentionally. He didn't want to read out loud because he didn't want to get engaged in a conversation. People would come to him, and then he'd, they'd hear what he was reading, and then they would want to talk to him about this passage, and they'd want him to explain it, and he'd get all distracted, and he's just like, i gotta, I got to get some reading done. So I'm going to read silently, and that's how you know he, he did his thing. Of course, his office was open, I guess, 24-7, basically, which was pretty interesting in and of itself. But the point is that was a very notable thing. In the ancient world, you read out loud. You prayed out loud. And that has to do with the fact that the human person is, we consist of body as well as soul, okay? And uh, the, the body and the soul are so intimately connected that they constitute one thing. The human person is a body-soul unity. Uh, and this is why um, when our brain starts to deteriorate, we can go into dementia and Alzheimer's and all that kind of stuff. Okay? Because the body and the soul, they affect each other very significantly. Although ultimately the soul transcends the body and is a spiritual reality um, and will exist after the body dies. Nonetheless, they're so intimately joined that one affects the other big time. Our soul affects the body and our body affects the soul. So we can take that to our advantage. We can use it to our advantage. So I've, I've given homilies about how sometimes when you pray, it's very important to have a certain posture kneeling, standing, lifting up of the hands, just doing those sorts of things has an effect upon your soul. So also, reading out loud, meditating out loud, and praying out loud. So if you have a problem concentrating in prayer, just start, try it for a while, praying out loud. Everything you pray, verbalize it so that your own ear can hear it. Okay, And then that way, it's, uh, there's a possibility that you start to really get it, and then you can start to internalize it in your heart. But maybe the bodily approach will help you. So that's just a little prayer tip, uh, and, and we, we you know, find that kind of insight when we meditate upon the Old Testament and the New Testament and the different ways of praying according to the, those two different testaments.